because she told me about this before, um, about the bed bugs and how did you deal with that and how did you even find out that you even had bed bugs? Um, how did that go? Okay, so um, there were sheets on the bed, you know, I checked the bed. They were a little, the bed was a little dingy, but, um, you know, it's the shelter. It was my first day. I didn't expect, like, a grand, you know, hotel room or anything, but I was like, okay, the sheets are clean. You know, that's fine. Um, But, yeah, so I stayed the first night, and then the second night, I felt something bite me. And I looked and it was like a little red dot. And I was like, these are bed bugs. I looked it up on my phone. I made a complaint. It took like two days to get a new bed. And then um, me and my daughter were just coughing in the room. And my daughter sleeps with me, but thank goodness she didn't get affected by the bed bugs. I also got a ringworm. Oh that my also um, So I was just getting hit with everything. Um, like I didn't have any of these problems like from where I came from but um we were just coughing coughing and then I noticed the top mattress because she sleeps with me so she wasn't on the top mattress but I noticed like it was a little dusty so I pulled the mattress off the 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 bunk bed and it was just so dusty the railings and all of that so she had to go to the doctor um she had an asthma flare-up. I had an asthma flare-up. Then I was itching and had bumps. They said it, my doctor said it was dust mites. So that that first week was a little crazy, definitely. I had to deep clean everything. It was just so dusty and just, it just looked like they just threw me in here without even checking the room. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know about the dust mice part. I didn't know. I don't think I knew about the coughing part. That's mm-hmm. not ridiculous to me. And First I documented all, everything, horrible. sent emails, but the emails, I felt like they were to the director, right. but I felt like it was just an attitude. Well, didn't you get this fixed? And why do you need another bed? And like, I know she's stressed because it's basically her doing all the work. Right, And I've heard good things about her, but you cannot take that out on the people coming here. Exactly. That is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Why do you need another bed? Because <laughs> it has bugs in it. <laughs> like, right. I'm, I'm just, and it's weird. Was it like a mattress bed? Like you could see it or it was like a plastic? Because most of the shelter beds that I've been in, it's like a plastic over it or something like that. No. Cover. So. No. That's why well, they had was, um thing when I got the second bed, it had um it was a new brand new one. I mean the first one, well the first new one, yeah, it was a brand new one plastic clear pla- plastic on, but this one just was just a used mattress. Both of them were used and stained. That's crazy. I feel like if you're gonna provide a service, it needs to be. I'm not saying you need to get a Taj Mahal. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. I'm just saying just give at least people the standard of cleaning, like cleansiness. The room should be clean. The carpet should be. I honestly feel like all shelters should not have carpet because carpet, especially with everybody moving in and out, the, between the dirt, the grime, and especially for children's. You might think you know whatever. Probably give a family when they first move in a new carpet. That might sound like a lot, but you can get a little cheap ch- car- carpet if you want to have like the kids on the carpet, whatever. But to have a, every, I think. Let me see. 
the last one I was in had the the carpet. The first two didn't have carpet. But I feel like no shelter should have carpet in it because it traps when you have especially with allergies like me, it traps so much dust mites and just dirt and whatever grime on it that it shouldn't be there. It's just it's just nasty. It's unacceptable really. And it's crazy that you have to have an asthma flare up for them to even like wanna it doesn't make no sense to me. It's just so after you should yeah. ask for a different room, first of all. Because when my shelter had roaches in my first room, I was like, nah, I need to move. Get me out of here. And so that's another thing. They're like, oh, the exterminator came up, but I don't think that was true. So it was like, I, I feel like the director, she sends the, I guess, the maintenance people to do things, but nobody's double checking them. That's another thing, too. You're definitely right. Like a lot of the people that work here, they're just doing whatever. They've been here for a while. So I guess they just do whatever they want. Like I see the, um, the security guards washing their clothes, but we're not allowed to wash our clothes downstairs. They only allow us to wash the sheets that they gave us, but nobody uses those sheets because they feel like paper. Yeah, it's true. You can see right through them. So they have they a giant down. washer, a giant dryer, and only the staff uses it. That's crazy. That's unacceptable, too. If the staff... I, that's why I don't give a shelter also. How the staff is able to do any and everything. But when mm-hmm. there's a resident, mind you, this is a resident's home. This is where we live, right? While we are not able to the same luxuries that they have. Example, my shelter, people to donate food or different things to the shelter. Why is the workers having first dibs and you don't live there? So you, are, you got a home to go to. Wow. Why are we not getting first dibs on the food and the stuff that is coming there? Why are you getting first dibs? It's not yours, sis. It's ours. So it's just, <laughs> To me, it's crazy that you say that, oh, they get to wash clothes, but you can't wash, or you can wash the sheets, but they're washing the whole outfit. Like, it, it's yeah. insane. It's really insane. It, it don't make no sense to me. It doesn't make And sense. then they have attitudes when you ask them, like, nobody told me anything when I got here. I didn't know how the shelter worked. Like, I didn't even, like, they were just like, your room is this, 411. Okay, like, uh, what are the the rules like you know they didn't tell me if you could have visitors they didn't tell me um what time I have to be home they didn't tell me if I could spend the weekend out they didn't tell me like where anything is how to empty the garbage they didn't tell me like what resource they didn't tell me anything and when you ask the staff a question it's oh this this like basically stop talking to me that's crazy Nobody woke me upstairs, anything. I think what it is for them is when they give you a packet, because they usually, most, I've been to four shelters. Mm -hmm. I usually get a lot of paperwork from Paris. And when I get to the shelter, they let me, they want my social, they want my birth certificate, they want my kids stuff. And then they give you a bunch of paperwork and they expect you to read everything. Most people are not reading it. I read, I've done to read it. Um, they tell you tell me usually the gist of things was going on, but it seemed like they just throw you kind of into the, with the wolves and they say you figure it out, you'll get it eventually. Yeah, I didn't get days. anything. <laughs> I didn't get any packet. I remember last time they made me watch a whole video, you know, about um because my daughter's a baby, basically sleeping with infants, filling stuff out. I didn't get any of that. Yeah. I didn't get no packet, no nothing, no here's your room, no go upstairs. So I guess going into the shelter for the first day was it was unwelcoming. 
unjoyful. Yeah. It was just I cried for like a week. Like oh I'm leaving gosh. one bad. It was like honestly, I felt like I was leaving one bad situation to another bad situation. That's crazy. That's real crazy. What do you think when you was reporting the situations about the thing? What kind of made it then finally? come in and help you what do you think that was or like what did you do to really make sure they hear your voice about what's happening in your room i basically kept emailing the director um she finally saw that the staff wasn't doing what they're supposed to i had to wait downstairs for like two hours for one of the beds to come um Mm -hmm. because there was they didn't change it and i wasn't gonna i just sat in the lobby with my daughter because what what are we supposed to do we have nowhere to sleep if you don't change the bed found out maintenance took the key home it was a big thing um maintenance i left because you know i come in after five because i work and then I I called three one one for every little thing. I sent her videos, <laughs> everything, videos, pictures, everything, emails. Uh, I called um home coalition for the homeless. They investigated it. Um, basically, when they see you're not gonna be passive and let up, they right. start to be on their p's and q's. But at the same time, I feel like I have to be careful because I don't want them to retaliate, which is crazy. But I know my rights, so it's like, you know. The, the sad thing about it, a lot of these shelters, they don't do nothing until you call 311, until you call the coalition, which to me, that's crazy. I know that for a fact because, example, as you said, the maintenance, they're doing work and they really don't do it. I had a leaky faucet in my apartment. Yeah, I probably heard this from a lot of the podcast guys. It's not my apartment, but my room. And mind you, I had a bucket under there, and the water will fill up until I, you know, turn it out. So every time I use the sink, the water will go. I told these guys for weeks, come and fix the sink. They come in. They don't look under the sink. They don't do nothing. I think that morning I probably threw out the water or whatever. So it was nothing in there. They came in there and said, oh, it's not dripping. They didn't turn on no water to see if the water's going down. They didn't look at nothing. Oh, it's not dripping because they don't see a puddle on the floor. So they just yeah. left, like, I'm confused. Did you fix it? Oh, yeah. we fixed it. I came back to yeah, the that nothing was fixed. Wow. They did the same thing to me. A guy came up this. He's like, oh, that's a new bed. He didn't look at the bed, nothing. So it's like they gaslight you. And it's like, mm-hmm. am I the am I crazy? Like, for a second, I'm just like, is it me? Am I the drama? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> seriously, like, is it? Is it's just like, I just want it to be like a little queen. Like, you know, like, I don't expect maids and butlers but um i can't breathe like it's crazy that is crazy it's unacceptable really that we have to go to those lengths and we just ask you for just average care that's not even exactly actually for average care you're ready not do your job for the housing part it's good at least give me a bed it was clean no dust no nothing It's, it's it's unbelievable to be honest it's very unbelievable how mm-hmm. um everything goes you know and it's very weird on how things the system is run because they kind of they put you in path the path put you into the shelter but it's just like they because it's all run by different people it seems like unless you really call through on one or the coalition nothing gets done mm-hmm. um, you don't get any help which is to me that's ridiculous if you're in a job what's meant to help people 
do your job and help people. And I get, and I know, as you said, there's only two people working there. It's four floors. A lot of people are coming over. Um, it's overpacked. People, it could be um, language barriers with certain people. It could be a whole lot of different factors. But we need to either put people in jobs to really help the system. And I know, again, those workers don't get paid that much. Let's be, let's be honest. These workers get paid, do they do the most work, but they don't get paid. So I know it's on every front, it's a problem. But people are in here at their worst part of their life. Going to shelter is not going to Barbados in a hotel or you can eat buffet. That's not what it is. You know, it's, it's definitely not what it is. It's, it's way beneath that. So if you're in there as a job to help people, you need to actually help them. I know you might not be having a, a good day today, Susie, but you can't have a, a bad day five days a year. No, you can get for about four or five days of the year. You can have a bad day, but the rest is your job to help people. You need to do that. Like, I just don't understand. I, I'm confused. Like, do your job. Do your job. And great, I have people on here who are caseworkers, so I understand what it is. Mm -hmm. But I also had a caseworker on here who was in the shelter, which in by itself is crazy. Your caseworker should not be working at a shelter and also be in a shelter. Wow. It don't make no sense. Wow. And That's, she wow. said the shelter she was in wasn't helping her. And she's a caseworker. It doesn't make sense. Like, the system is just all broken. Mm -hmm. It's broken on all ends. Because if a person comes in to the caseworker who's working in the shelter, that shouldn't even make sense. If I'm helping people, I should be getting paid my amount too. Like teachers, they work their butts off in the pandemic and they're still making the trash for ages. It, it doesn't make sense, yeah. you know? So it can be crazy on all fronts, to be honest. Yeah, it's so crazy that you mentioned that because I was talking to somebody because I was like, oh, I found this program and I just have to open my case. And it was like, you should be a caseworker. I was like, I should be a caseworker, but how is that going to work? <laughs> because um, I was asking the person, the director, who's, I guess, also my caseworker, right. but she's, she says, I'm not a caseworker. I'm not a caseworker. That's something she always says, but she has my case. That's a whole different story. But right. I was like, oh, I found this program, the parks program. And they said, I have to talk to a caseworker. Um, if you want to do the parks and rec you have to talk to a caseworker and I was like do you know anything about this she's like no I was like okay well I found a link can you check this out and basically no information about that so I had found a contact to somebody and basically messaged them and they messaged me back but it's like I have to do all that work but you're supposed to be the person I go to resources so yeah. It it's it's weird to me. What it is also, as you said, is only two people working there. So there's mm -hmm. short staff, which I understand. I completely get it. A lot of things are short staff right now. Um, we lost a lot of lives. So the people who are working in the field, I'm granted a lot of people who are older honestly lost yeah. their life in Corona compared to other age groups. But the people who lost lives. That's you know, so I understand how a lot of things could get trickled down after a while, how things are done. And people have, you know, second, you know, after they have the disease, they sometimes, it's always, you know, lingering things happen. So I understand. I, I, I completely get it. But it's just like, they need help. And a, one person is doing four jobs, but they're only getting paid for one. But they don't, and then think about it, because they're doing four jobs, but they really got paid for director position, but they never got trained for caseworker. They don't know what the caseworker actually does half the time. You know what I'm saying? They know mm -hmm. how to do their position because they got hired for that and they got trained for that. But even though they're doing five people's jobs, they only got trained for one thing. 
So they're lacking in it. And it's like, yeah, I'm not a caseworker, but at this point, you're doing that job. You got to do what you got to do to get it to or hire more people. You shouldn't yeah, find and nobody people. knows anything either. Exactly. That's another problem. Nobody knows anything. Nothing. I have went to an, I went to somebody else who is a caseworker. Um, she's been here for like 10 years, I've heard. And I showed her a letter and I was like, oh, what is this? And she says, oh, you have to go to PATH. And PATH told me, no, you didn't have to come here. You're waiting for a phone call. So it's like nobody's connected. There's no training on if the new operation since COVID. Nobody knows anything. And trying to get in touch with people is just, it's just impossible. Like you have to break your whole back to talk to anybody, but you look like the problem when you call a lawyer or 311. And so it's just really crazy. Like the process is different and it may seem easier because you don't have to go back and forth, but that just opens a new can of problems because you're not face to face with people and they're not letting you see anybody. That's so true. That is definitely a problem that we have at this point. It's like the system is broken. It's broken before Corona, but Corona definitely you see where more of the leaks are coming out because yeah. of everything happening and because um people couldn't go into office and people couldn't do that and that. You could see that people weren't trained properly. And because the thing also too with housing specialists and, and caseworkers, it's a high turnover rate. People might mm. not realize because they pay so low and people just want jobs right away most of the time. That's what, I'm not even talking about right now. Before Corona, it was a high turnover rate because they don't pay enough. And people get in there just to get, you know, the fast money at the, at the time. And when they find something better, they just leave. I've seen people who have quit during training. And I'm saying because I used I had a caseworker like that. They said, oh, she's a new caseworker. She's still getting da-da-da-da-da. She quit. I don't think it was a full month. And then she got she had another job but paid her better. So she went there. Which I don't blame her, you know, you need the money. Yeah. And it's just it is what it is. But it's like people like me, um, is a problem for. Yeah. Maybe she get probably younger it sounds probably crazy, but younger people usually have less work experience. But they usually I feel like when you especially when you come into work field, you usually get paid less anyway. Probably get people like right out of high school, maybe just their first job. That's not kinda crazy, but they were more probably going to probably in a couple of years they probably you know they'll leave after that but because it's their first big person's job they might, do, might they might stay longer than a person who's probably forty and have like five kids mm-hmm. <laughs> have more responsibility I don't know if that's a fix or not I don't know maybe they have and to I feel like the people interns. working yeah and I feel like the people who've been here are tired and over yeah. it they're over so it. they're not giving their hundred percent so it's like who do you find right. but I agree with you I think they should find young people. Who have no bias, right? Who, you know, are eager to help people because that's essentially your role. You need to help people. So if you're just going into this to pay some bills, you know, the focus really isn't on the people. And if you've been here for years, you're just trying to get your retirement and leave because everything is basically a mess. So, yeah. They need to do a sweep and reopen shop because this this is not it. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I just, I don't really understand. You know, I just, I understand, but it's just like so many holes. It's like you're a sinking ship 
and it's so funny. It's not like the Titanic in like one area was hit. At this point, the whole bottom is like right. almost broken off. You can't even right. dig your way out of it. <laughs> so like you like, patch one, and right. then another one happens, and you gotta like, patch that one. Then you run out of the, the patch tape or whatever. Exactly. But. Remember the cartoon? I, I feel like it was Daffy Duck. And like the water's coming out of something, and he's trying to put his foot there and his arm there, and it's like his right. boy, his whole his hands and his feet is done, but like and it just push him out anyway. Uh, I don't know if it's that. I feel like it's Daffy Duck, but if y'all don't know who that is, a cartoon character, I'm just saying. But you know, depending who's listening to the podcast at the time, I feel like that's like an old reference from like Looney Tune days. But um, it's just so interesting. If you had advice to give to your younger self, right? about shelter what would you have told yourself um I think the first time I I would have just not taken it so personal because you have to realize like this is bigger than you the system is bigger than you like it's not dumb against you it's the system against the people right um because it was like it was just a lot for me I was a new mom like, I had to mentally prepare myself to come back to this because it was crazy. Like, um, yeah, at that time, me and my um daughter's father, we were in there together. We had broke up basically because of that. It was just so much going on. But um, I think I would, t- would have told myself it's it's bigger than you. Um, it's the system that's broken. You're not doing anything wrong. Um. Yeah, you're trying as best as you can. Got it. If you had to give advice to people who are coming into the shelter or something that you could change about the shelter, what would that be? As far as advice, I would say do your research, which is how I found you. <laughs> do your research, know what you're getting into, and basically have an end goal. Like, don't come in here expecting people to give you handouts. You're working for yourself. You have to be an advocate for yourself and and your child if you're coming here as, like, a family. Um, What was the other question? Sorry. No problem. No problem. Um, I don't even know. That's a good question. <laughs> like, I be saying that. I'm like, yeah. And I just be saying that in the moment. I'm like, oh. I think the question was, I said, what advice was she told me? And I think it was something else, but it's all right. It's fine. I'm going to go back and like, oh my God, I forgot that. How, 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 that's how it is. I, honestly, most times after interviews, people, mm-hmm. like when we off the, like, stop the recording, we be thinking like, oh, we should have said that. We should have asked that question. I'm like, man, it's too late now. I can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to yeah. hold the punches kind of thing, you know? But yeah, so I feel like what did I, you want to tell people? That's what I feel like I said. I'm not, really, I'm not even really sure. I'm not going to lie to you. But <laughs> is any other things in the, your experience, that, granted you have not been in the shelter as long as other people and hopefully you mm-hmm. can get out as soon as possible because it's just not it. But um, any other stories that you would like to tell us about what happened in the shelter and what, you know, what's happening right now? Because there's a lot of, you know, us, um, asylum seekers coming in. There's a lot of different things just happening in shelter rules and policies right now. What can you yeah. see here and actually being in there right now that is happening? 
Um, well, basically, I just want to feel like I just want to be able to make something home for a bit. Right. And basically being in limbo, not knowing if I'm eligible, not knowing if I have to move or not. I just feel like I'm always ready to leave. And that's like no way to leave, live, you know, right. like um, I don't even have everything unpacked when I've been here for two months. Like, you know, I want to get a like a shoe stand for our shoes and just basically be more organized. Um, I don't want to have to live out of a bucket like, you know, full of clothes. You know, I want to organize. But why would I do that if I don't know if I have to leave? So it's, it's like I could I would have to relocate any day now. So that's really like fundamental. Um, the whole process is, but that specifically is just like you go somewhere for stability and then not knowing if you're stable is just something really hard. Um, so yeah, I just mentally prepared myself to be here. Um, and that's what I think that's my biggest thing. You just have to mentally prepare yourself. And if you need to talk to somebody, find resources, I'm going to do that soon i'm gonna get a therapist soon <laughs> um but yeah it's hard right now do you see any compared to like you it's not your first time going in a shelter mm -hmm. do you see anything different that you've seen going to different organizations are going to do different things do you see anything different happening right now on the ground um honestly no everybody still has the same attitude <laughs> um no I don't see I had a problem with my caseworker before not really helping and she was just really weird um she used to say oh I want to adopt your daughter I'm just like but I'm not <laughs> I have had I every before. exactly yeah that was <laughs> uh-huh that was like the first case for 2018 but no I feel like things have changed in the system but the people who work here are still the same overworked taking it out on the people who need help um nobody knows anything basically the majority of people are not here for the people that need help I think yeah. I think like, we need to have adequate staff training. I thought people say training, 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 but or give them updated emails of what's happening right now. Because I don't yeah. know what it is, but just see when people know nothing. Nobody knows how to do anything. It just, it's very weird. And, they, and I've been to times like, oh, where's my casework going? Where's my house? They're in training. What are they training at? Because nobody knows nothing. You ask them a question, they have no clue. They have not a clue. What are you training them on? Like, I don't understand. I don't know if that's probably what they're training them on is what they, how many train them on computer stuff? I don't know, but something is definitely off. Something needs to be worked better. The system is definitely broken. Um, but yeah, it's a problem. I can honestly say yeah. that. And oh, I have another advice. Look for, um, for out of house resources because they don't know anything, so you just going to have to go different places. Like the floating hospital, that's not a part of my shelter, but they have resources there. They have health like they help you get insurance. They have housing specialists there once you're accepted. They have 
every they have even um the gyn is there they have um testing for std they have they help you find clothing it's just everything so you just have to find stuff on your own because the people where you're staying at not may not be able to help you or can't help you because they don't know either which is crazy all by itself but anyway yeah so guys thank you again for coming to listen to the podcast i hope the information that we gave you and um you heard today was helpful as she said before advocate for yourself call through on one i promise you Real one has definitely helped me out in some 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 you know some situations that I've had at the shelter, and you can see that it helped out somebody else. I didn't know her from before; I just literally met her the other day, last week, and she's saying the same thing that I am saying to you. So it's like only, it only worked for me. It can work for others if you use it in the right way, and you give the information. Don't feel some people might retaliate, but honestly, they retaliate. Call back to your one and tell them that you know what's going on, and see what happens then. Because people they hate when the city have to come in on them on a property and asking you questions because doing one will send an inspector out for certain things because it happened to me in the building before so i know for a fact they'll send out the right people if they have to long as reported you know even once or twice to be honest so we have a resource packet it should be at in hopefully in the description of this i'm not the only person who works on this podcast i am the voice who works on this podcast but i'm not the only person who works on this so my team will be coming together with the information in the description box to be able to help you guys. And I hopefully, this is not, not just stories. I want you to know, granted, she's in it right now. So it's much different than a person who's gone through it like myself. So you can see how the ending has like, you know, a bright light. But from what I hear from her, she don't sound depressed or nothing. She sounds like, you know, she's working on things with her, her daughter and seeing how things get better. She's working. Um, To me, I think that's very good that she put her daughter first and making sure that she has money to be able to support support what she has going on right now. So just, you know, don't get too depressed about your situation. Um, All things will come, you know, for the better eventually. Um, we all don't have good days or good years, you know. So long you keep your head up and learn to ask questions, you know, it's annoying, ask questions, Um, go outside the bubble, Google is your friend. I promise you, Google can take you to a lot of places. You'd be very surprised how Google can help you out. And yeah, so if you want to email us, um, I'm not the only person who checks the Twitter for Hear Our Voices, or I'm not the only person who's on any of the platforms. I'm not the only person who checks it. Like I said before, I have a team. I'm not a psychiatrist. But if you do want to have somebody to talk to and an open ear and to things like that, I'm definitely here to listen to you and to hear about your problems. If you have anything that you need help with, I can help you with resources. I might not know everything, but we're just, you know, we're trying to bring everything together. Um, a lot of resources was for families can be used for families or singles. So it doesn't matter who's listening to this podcast. You can call them. Rules always change too. So they might be for families one day and be not for everybody the next day. So you just never know, depending on when you call about certain things. Things expire. Things are new. Things are always changing so we're gonna try to make our try our best to update the information that we do have to be able to help you and your family out um so whoever's listening to this hopefully this is helpful hopefully that you can hear the stories if you're a politician you're listening to this please listen to the story of the people and see that we we need help and i know 
one politician can't, you know, change everything. But if you have you and your friends and your coworkers helping to change certain things, like example, the 90 day rule or things like that, it can make a big difference. I promise you, it can make a big difference in people's lives. Um, right now it's affecting her. Other things are affecting her, but that's going to affect her even longer because of that rule that you guys have. So um, take this, share this to people. The resources we have down below, please share that with other people and follow us on our social media. We can give you information about the panel. So see you next time, guys. Bye.